Welcome back to Salt Talks, everyone. My name is Jason Zins. I'm a partner at Skybridge Capital here today for another episode. As most of you know, Salt Talks is a series of digital interviews with the world's foremost investors, creators, and thinkers. Just as we do at our global Salt events, we aim to empower big, important ideas and provide our audience a window into the minds of subject matter experts. We're coming off a very successful Salt New York event. Thank you for everyone that attended. And we're looking forward to Salt Singapore in November. But today, we're very excited to have with us Jamie Thompson, founder and CEO of Vulcan Forge, which is a leading blockchain game studio and metaverse company, uh, which we at Skybridge just invested in leading their Series A round. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Anthony, um, and uh, we'll dive into some questions. And I'll see you guys at the end. So, Jamie, welcome to the Skybridge community, the Skybridge uh, fan base. And obviously, we're very excited to be an investor of yours. Before we go into Vulcan Forge, though, I'd like you to tell the SALT audience, uh, the SALT Talk audience, a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? How did you get involved with this? Why did you take artificial intelligence <laughs> in school? Yeah. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. It's a strange one. Yeah. Well, 41, live in Greece. I'm obviously from the UK, as you know, from my accent. Um, my my daughter's half Greek, and uh, so her mum's Greek, so that's why we're in Greece now, and the office is here. Um, I actually grew up from, um, even though I did artificial intelligence and computing at university, I actually moved into teaching um, straight after. And I think I got my first taste of, I say, crypto and NFTs way before OpenSea was around. And um, I kind of saw the potential in what, what could happen there with the ownership long before that was about. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was a teacher mainly from, from 20s and 30s. And um, then I moved into sort of technology and, and crypto into the late 30s. Okay, so for, for, for that odyssey, you're seeing something in the NFT space. You now want to be a part of it. So take us from teaching into creating Vulcan Forge. Yeah, well, obviously, I was teaching computing. So I had a big sort of a foothold in, in what the technology was evolving and what was going on. I saw everything moving into sort of the web space as opposed to sort of the back-end coding of things. And um, so I started making websites for, you know, as a, like a, a side side gig and, uh, and um, got into sort of crypto trading like everyone does. Well, not everyone, but, but I certainly did. And then I thought, well, look, I mean, what, what are the, how popular would it be sort of turning art into sort of an NFT, sort of making it sort of something someone would buy? Because I, I was there with the crypto kitties and like the crypto punks were on some of the first NFTs around. So I sort of whipped up a website, called it Very Arty, which I thought was quite clever at the time, like verification of art, Very Arty. And um, I launched it and it was a total, total flop. I mean, no one really understood what an NFT was. And it was just like, well, why is someone going to buy something like that? You know, if it's unique. And I was trying to explain the concept of NFTs to, to anyone that would listen years and years ago, but no one got it. And then all of a sudden, oh, look, everyone wants to do an NFT. So yeah, I guess it was just a side project that moved into a, into a passion. I mean, it's an, ama it's an amazing story, but you've also created an amazing universe. Okay, so behind you, I believe, is Vulcan City. Uh, and this is after the god, the Greek god Vulcan, who is the god of forging. Uh, so tell us about how all of this intertwined with each other uh, and how you launched the project. And what year did you launch the project in? 
Um, well, Vulcan, well, first of all, your Greek mythology is spot on. Well done for, for noting that. I mean, I, I think actually um, Vulcan is, I think, the Roman version of the, the Greek god Hephaestus, but Hephaestus' okay. forge doesn't really have the same ring to it as Vulcan forge does it. And everyone was using the word minting for NFT. So we like the idea of forging an NFT. And then the word Vulcan came about and it just sounded like a cool name and, and, and it stuck. Um, so yeah, I mean, Vulcan, uh, Vulcan verse was, um, created probably about four years ago was the first alpha. Um, and again, this was before Decentraland and, and Sandbox were about, um, and it was in a much worse shape than it is now. It was literally sort of, sort of Minecraft, the pixelated stuff and the idea of selling land again, no one understood what I was going on about with the NFTs. They certainly weren't going to buy any digital land. Um, so I think we, initially we sold the land for about 60 bucks a plot. And, um, you know, now, now they just go for, for, for stupid money. I mean, because no one understood the concept of like owning digital land in, in the metaverse. So that gave us a really bit of a head start, I suppose, when the whole sort of metaverse trend came out, because we were kind of ahead of the curve there a little bit. So we were... We already had like the gameplay sort of being initiated and uh, we had a bit more creativity and we had a bit more of a community and other sort of metaverses came. So we were really well positioned um, on that whole sort of metaverse wave when it came about last year. You're, you're, uh, um, you're 41, you said. Uh, this is a young person's game. Uh, obviously, you're a young person relative to me. Uh, tell us about the staff at Vulcan Forge, okay? And tell us about what you're thinking about in terms of growing the universe. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we probably typify um, the idea of a, of a bootstrap startup company that got pretty too big too quickly. Like, I mean, we grew from like three or four staff, myself and a couple of people. And now we've got like 115, 120 staff all over the world, mainly based in Greece, um, but we're sort of offices in Ukraine and UK and some various outsourced places. So the whole thing was a very much, a, well, a massive learning curve. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I haven't been a CEO of such a big company and you've got to, I always say, you know, you know, you've got to know your weaknesses as much as your strengths. And I think that's why this, at the timing of this, the timing of Skybridge getting involved was so perfect for us because it was like, okay, we, we accept the fact that we've grown to this stage. I'm not, you know, the Blizzard CEO. I'm not, you know, I, I know what my limits are and, and it's time to kind of expand and do things do things properly like the, the whole idea of project management and streamlining and um what do they call it jira and all this sort of stuff was new to me i mean i've never done any of this it was just like okay here's a business just hire 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 and see what happens and then now we're kind of consolidating all that and thinking okay let's take things to the next level um from a human resources point of view but yeah there's 130 of us working all together on about 12 to 15 products um and we're continually evolving so let's say I just came in from Mars. I, I got out of my flying saucer and I w walked into your office. I said, Jamie, what, what is the metaverse? And why should I be so excited about this? And how did Vulcan Forge become a top 10 metaverse inside the scheme of metaverse? And so mm -hmm. tell me about that. So first off, what is the metaverse? Yeah, well, a lot of people use the word metaverse very loosely. I mean, I think it was coined from uh, a book called Snow Crash or or something. Yeah. In, uh, yeah, yeah. In yeah Neil Stevenson's book, Snow Crash, he's the first person to coin the word metaverse. At least right. Part, you know. yep. Yes, yes, that's it. It will snow crash. And, yeah, and it, just meant, it just meant futuristic world, which is such a loose definition. 
And I mean, you you could say that, you know, Facebook or Twitter or or even Second Life, which was probably the real first metaverse, because Second Life was a place you could actually have a second life. And I think they even used Bitcoin back in that as well. So I'd say that was one of the first metaverses. Um, So you've got that side of the um, metaverse, just a virtual world, a futuristic world. And then you've got the Zuckerberg side of it, where it's all VR headsets and holograms and just trying to use a new technology, which has been around for a while already. So I don't know why it's suddenly sort of come to light now. And then you've got the blockchain area of it, the blockchain gaming, where it seems anything with an NFT in it or a game which is on blockchain happens to be coined a metaverse. So I don't think anyone actually knows what the real version of a metaverse is. Um, for me, um, after, uh, the, the journey that I've made through this whole sort of play to earn fad and blockchain gaming, I think I think the best way to define a metaverse would be an economy within a virtual world. I mean, because blockchain facilitates that ability to have, you know, currency and monetary value asset scarcity. And now if you could put that within a virtual world, in our case, a Greco-Roman fantasy one or any other world, then that's when things get really interesting because you're taking second life and you're making it into something which actually affects your life. I mean, how you sort of participate in this game or this world, this virtual world can actually affect you in the real world. So that's how I would define metaverse. But again, I think it's just a lot of new technology and such. So, so you know, our, our research team, we're obviously, uh, you know, as you know, we've teamed up with FDX and Sam Bankman-Fried. They own 30% of our business. Uh, our, our research team, uh, John Sfoulos, Jason, who's on the call with us. Uh, looking at various projects. When we identified your project, we said, okay, this has all the base ingredients to grow into this explosively successful metaverse project. No reason why you can't be in the top one, two, or three. Uh, But there was something else about this project that attracted us to it, and that's you. Um, I grew up in a blue collar neighborhood, okay? You're a very straight shooting guy. Um, you told us every good, bad, and ugly thing about your business, and it made me tremendously confident in what it is that you're doing. So I want you to tell our Salt Talk listeners and our followers, what is your vision over the next three to five years for Vulcan Forged? Absolutely. I thought, well, it's very kind of you. Thank you for that. I think, um, I think... Without doubt, I think you're not going to succeed in this industry or maybe a lot of technology industries if you don't evolve and adapt. And we we rode the play to earn wave last year. And I think it's time to say, okay, that whole play to earn idea isn't sustainable. It's a a fad. I mean, you look at the numbers of these play to earn games compared to the the big gaming companies, and they're just completely different. I mean, you know, you know, Blizzard, World of Warcraft, Minecraft, they're pulling in half a billion, billions, you know, of users of gaming industry. Whereas, you know, Axie was like a quarter of a million people and everyone went crazy, this is the future. It's not. I mean, the idea of bribing people to play your game and paying them to play, number one, it's, it's, it's off. You're not going to compete with a bigger market. And I think we're willing to accept and look at our weaknesses and flaws and say, look, the play to earn model isn't going to work. What will work will be using the benefits of blockchain in a gaming environment, in a creative environment, immutability, saving land to to the um, to the blockchain and selling it as an NFT. And that's where our big product, Metascapes, I think, not I think, I'm, I'd be sure if I wouldn't be here, that is going to be a real competitor to the likes of Minecraft. I mean, to put it loosely, it's 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 a better Minecraft on blockchain where you can sort of design your own land and store it on the chain and all the plots and save, you can swap and change it around. 
but we're always adapting. We're always evolving. And that's how, that's why I think we'll always be relevant. This bear market has been a blessing for us. I mean, it's been a time for us to restructure, reorganize, work out where we went wrong and, um, and focus on the next stage. You got a very, you have a very strong follower base slash community. Uh, tell us about the marketing efforts that are going to be made going forward to grow that community. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think one of the main reasons we have got that community is that we were all very honest up front to start with. We, we developed around them. You know, we, we, we put out, you know, buggy games, broken games. We listened to the feedback. And I think in, in crypto world, especially people aren't used to that level of transparency. I think people want to see, even if it's not a good product, they want to see you building and making and listening to feedback and doing it. And I think that's one of the reasons that, and 90% of our first ICO investors are still with us now. And then, and then we've got a really, really solid community. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, that's why I think we are now. Now, regarding marketing, um, that's something which, I, I don't know, it, it, it's a hard, it, it plagues me every day because we, we're we not at the stage where our games are so perfect. We want to start, you know, plugging it all over Facebook and social media and, and you know, wherever um, but at the same time, we know we're lacking in that in that department. We have got one of the uh, the ex EA Sports um, CMOs coming in to work as a C level um, for us. And again, this is the start of the restructuring. And we know through Skybridge and the connections that you have that we can start hiring the right people for the right jobs. You know, I, I was running the Twitter account for like two two and a half years. So I'm doing the marketing, the Telegram, modding, everything like that. And you know, you've got to, you, you can't be so arrogant to think that you can do everything yourself. So yeah, I mean, we we are going to bring some new C levels in. Some are yet to be announced. Um, a lot of them are going to be based in New York, and uh, we, we've got a chance to do things right now. Talk talk about uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring Jason in in a second, but talk about Metascapes. What is Metascapes, and why is that going to be a big growth uh, area for you? Well, the thing is, Vulcanverse, which is behind me, is totally packed. I mean, there's no there's no more room. There's 10,000 plots. People have got it. They're building, and, and that's it. And um, it, it was the building engine that we've made in Vulcanverse, which, you know, it, is without doubt, you know, there isn't something that competes with our building engine. I mean, you can terramorph trees and grass and, and, and water, and it's, it's, really, it's really quite technical. Um, but it's it's pigeonholed into this fantasy of like Greco-Roman mythology. So you either play Vulcan first and build, or you don't. So what we've done what we've done now is taken that building engine and we're going to make it universal. So you can build in different themes, where it's modern New York cosmopolitan building, or futuristic, or a more sort of chibi anime look, or or fantasy look, and anyone can build a plot of land. So it basically means instead of being limited to ten thousand plots in Vulcanverse or in any metaverse, anyone can make a plot. Like anyone in the world can make a plot, get a plot for free, and they can sort of just build on it and share it and they can sell it as an NFT. So it's basically sort of just making our engine open source to the whole world. So you look how popular Minecraft is, you know, I said like half a billion users because they like showing things off. Now up the graphics, make it immutable, allow people to sell these creations and you've got, um, yeah, what I think is one of the most exciting products we're creating. Yeah, listen, it's amazing. So all, all, all of that stuff will cause a gravitation in PYR, the Vulcan Forge token. Uh, but tell us why. Well, you need to uh, pay to, I mean, everyone gets a free plot, but if you want access to the new assets, the new levels, the new feature, you want to create a game in your plot, you want to create, make your, your, your land look better, you got to, you know, you got to, you got to pay for it because you're 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 making your your land an NFT, which is going to have more value. 
Um, we've got a direct uh, fiat on ramp with with Binance, so you can use your credit card. I mean, you, you, and uh, it buys PYO on the back end. So you know, just I don't know if I can say numbers. Let's say you've got ten million players that want to pay ten dollars to get a new asset at a uh, hundred million dollars in PYR that's just been bought in one go. So um, yeah, it's exciting, very exciting. Yeah. To say, and the and the good the good news for all of us, you're just getting started on the marketing, and obviously Skybridge is gonna gonna help you with that, and we're excited to be a part of it. Um, one last question, then I'm gonna turn it over to Jason Zins. Um, Elysium, tell us about Elysium. And by the way, you you you've obviously lettered a lot of Greek mythology, okay? Because I see myself after my death, Jamie, in the Elysium fields. Okay, so what are the Elysium fields, and what is Elysium? Well, the Elysium Fields is the heaven of gods, actually. So <laughs> that was a hum- humble yeah, statement. As, but if you see yourself, as I'm holding up my candy corn cup, you see that? That's what I'm going to be drinking out of a candy corn cup in the Elysium <laughs> Fields, Jamie. Okay. So tell Beautiful. us about Elysium, which is a ph- phenomenal name for those of us that study Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it means it was the heaven of the Olympians. So it's where they went when they died. And uh, it just fit in with the whole Vulcan Forge mythology. I mean, it's it's a layer one. It's a, it's a substrate EVM compatible chain. Um, it's, a, it's a proof of authority, meaning there's 51 nodes. Uh, if you hold, and if you hold a certain amount of PYR, you get returns on, on every transaction. But one of the biggest selling points is, and this is why we called it Elysian, is because we've got these acres of land in Spain and in Greece where we're planting trees. So um, I think we've planted 5,000 trees so far. So the more the blockchain is, is used, the gas which powers it um, is used, is allocated, 10% of that is allocated to an ecological fund. And we've literally got videos of us taking out these seeds and planting these trees as it goes. So the idea is the more lithium is used, the more trees are grown. So it's not only carbon neutral, it's carbon negative, carbon positive, probably carbon negative, I'd say. I love it. Okay, Jason Zins, it's your turn. Okay, I'm sorry that I'm uh, dominating the conversation. Okay, but I wanted to get, I wanted to tease out all this uh, Greek mythology from this man. You you know you know the Greek mythology much better than I do, uh, as you do with many topics. So I appreciate you uh, you setting it up. There. Oh, you see, he's um, kissing my ass a little bit, Jamie, because bonuses are coming. Okay, you see, we're, we're almost into the fourth quarter. See that you caught that right? All right it was. It was it was a little obsequious, but we're going to let it slide. Go ahead, Zins. Transparent. Ahead. Your office is beautiful, by the way, as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I, and I had to tell you to clean the goddamn thing up before the salt talk started. Unbelievable. All right. Go ahead, Zins. So, so Jamie, I want to pick up where Anthony left off with Elysium, because I think that's um, uh, going to become an important part of the project, which you guys have been working on um, while the, the public view has really been focused on the game. So, uh, and it's one area that's attracted us as well, as you mentioned. It's it's sort of carbon neutral or a net positive uh, uh, mm. on the on the ESG side. Um, talk about some of the activity there, the current status of the blockchain, any projects or brands that are coming on board. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think the uh, what should I say the tree planting initiative really caught the eyes of a lot of big names. And um, okay, the speed is great. Uh, you know, it's it, it's uh, it's there's there's nothing massively revolutionary about the sort of technology behind it. I mean, the fact we've made it a proof authority consensus is really quite cool. I mean, they, it allows you a lot more speed. But um, yeah, with 55 projects are migrating over there. Um, some are coming from Solana. Some are coming from ETH. Um, they're, they're, they're all coming there. I mean, it's not just because we're planting trees, but it's because we offer really sort of 
bespoke support. It's very personable. Um, who, who, uh, heavy metal magazine, the fantasy magazine is going there. DKNY, the fashion brand, um, Lord, uh, launching an NFT collection there. Um, so yeah, uh, it's hard to know what the selling point or why they've migrated there. I, I say it's a combination of how approachable we are as a company and people want to come to Elysium. We're literally like, Hey, come on there. We don't charge you anything. We can help you. And two, you know, let's be honest. I mean, planting trees is it's a good selling point for any company or brand. Absolutely. Um, and let's let's move back to the to the game side, which is obviously how um, how you started Vulcan Forge. And I think as as we've touched on throughout this conversation, one of the unique aspects of of you and Vulcan Forge is the bootstrap nature of it. Right? You hadn't raised any venture money um up until uh, our our recent investment so you bootstrapped the games you also bootstrapped the community and all of that happened at the same time which i think is pretty unique as opposed to a lot of the other players in the space that'll raise a couple hundred million dollars spend four or five years building out a game and hope it works and not saying that's a bad model you guys have just taken a different approach so speak to the interaction with with your community and how important that is yeah, I mean, we actually raised only um, $700,000 really in the land sale. And um, before we even got to the land sale, I spent all my own personal funds of making making like an alpha engine to show that it's actually a real project because no one believed the idea of buying digital land at that time. So it was a real hard selling point. So I had to prove that it actually worked. And then, so I guess we had a few believers then, I guess 20 to 30 people who actually saw, oh, hang on, this actually could be something. And they sort of... I always think that energy kind of goes from the top down. If, if, if you're honest and keep, you know, keep some good energy there and transparent and admit your flaws and mistakes, then the other community members will pass it on to the others. And, um, and it's just been the way it's been for the last three years. Some, someone comes to community, everyone welcomes them. Um, we haven't got time for all these silly um, gifts and moon things, all that kind of stuff. And there's no bots. It's just people that just want to see something cool being made and like something revolutionary. And it's uh, I've been in a lot of crypto communities, but I think I really think our, our community is one of the the strongest uh, out there. And um, yeah, every Monday and Friday, we tell them what we're going to do. We tell them what we have done. I hold AMAs every two weeks. They've got direct access to all our staff. And um, I think it's very important to keep those bridges open and up. You, you just did an AMA today, actually. And the, the topic was essentially, what are we doing wrong? Um, which I thought yeah. was was a great approach. Um, but it was telling that the community wasn't, there was no attacks, there was no personal nature to it. Everyone was trying to make the product better. Right. Um, and I think that community aspect is really key to all of Web3 and blockchain. And, and you guys certainly seem to have um, that, that powerful community. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the games. I think you're up to 12 right now, Vulcanverse being the early and perhaps one of the biggest biggest ones. Um, touch a little bit on, a, a little further on the actual games um, that you have. Sure, yeah. I mean, we've got, well, Vulcanverse, you say it's like an MMO slash sandbox. We've got Berserk, which is like a sort of Hearthstone-y game. We've got Mobile Tower Defense, Vulcan Assassin, Forge Arena, Block Babies. I think we've covered every device and sort of niche we can. And while that sounds good on paper, I think in practicalities, it was, you know, just trying to do too much too soon. And that's why this year is the year of consolidation for us. We've got these 12 games, which could all be absolutely brilliant. Um, but if we keep making just new games and new alphas, new alphas will just be that company that keeps starting things and never finishes them. 
So the, these 12 games where we are focusing now on just really turning into like quality, you know, AAA games as opposed to just like a, a rushed out, a rushed out game for the sake of saying you've got a game. And I think the mobile market, I think, is something we really want to tap into um, next year. I mean, it's enormous. I mean, you look at Candy Crush and you look at these, these some of these games that turn over billions. Um, and, and if you look at the why they turn over billions, it's pay to play. It's not play to earn. People don't mind paying to play games. And I think we have to let go of this idea that play to earn is going to somehow conquer these pay to play games. So we, we are um, adding a lot of those um, sort of pay-to-play functions in all our games, obviously, when, with PIR. Jane, when do you when do you expect that to come out, the uh, mobile stuff? They're already out. You can play them now. Yeah, you can play Tower Defense now, Vulcan Assassin now, Forge Arena. I mean, they, there's room for improvement, but they're out. And we haven't implemented the payment stuff yet. Uh, that's when things will get really interesting because, so, you know... When, when will the payment stuff be implemented? Um, I think once we got all the NFTs onto Elysium, and we're doing that now. So today we minted another few hundred onto Elysium. We've got, I think, we've got about eighty thousand more NFTs to put onto Elysium, and then we're ready to go. So soon, DM. I love it. So we've mentioned the the play to earn concept. I think this is also a refreshing, uh, a refreshing piece about you that you were involved in play to earn, but you've now come out against it, if you will, which is fairly unique. Um, talk a little bit more about it, um, the lessons that you learned. It's not as though you're completely throwing it away, but you're evolving the play-to-earn mm. model. Yeah, evolving it. I mean, uh, as I always say in these talks, I've, you, know, you can catch some of my talks on YouTube at the Binance Week recently. I talked about it in depth, is that there's a very different mindset when you start allowing people to earn money in any game. Um, if, if people are paying a game to play, they're going there for fun. They're not expecting anything but a fun game. If you tell people they can start earning money in this game, then everything else goes out the window. They don't care about the graphics, the gameplay. It's just like, how can I you know, farm the most out of this game? And that's why blockchain gaming has got away with such, I, I say, low quality games to date, because they're not in it for the gameplay. They're in it to sort of earn money. Um, so that's an obvious mindset and a philosophy that I haven't liked. I mean, it, when we put play to earn in some of our games, the energy of the community changed a lot. Um, it didn't become enjoyable anymore. You were just constantly tracking exploits and hacks and, 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 you know, they, they, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. And then on a practical level, look at the statistics and the numbers. I mean, you, 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 this, it's a multi-billion market gaming. People are going to be paying to play for fun for years to come. You can't suddenly think that like Axie Infinity is going to come out or a play to earn game is going to knock World of Warcraft off the top spot or beat Call of Duty. So, yeah, it was this kind of, sort of um, uh, revelation that you can't marry the two. It's either going to be play for fun or play to earn. Um, so what we're trying to do is, well, we, we, we allow both. So uh, the model we're using is you have a choice when you go into a game. For example, tower defense. You can either play normally. It's just like a tower defense game. You buy things. You keep buying extra lives. That, of course, buys PYR on the back end, so that's, that's a nice buying pressure. Or you do the play-to-earn thing, but instead of just farming the secondary token, it's a circular economy where you, where you have to sort of pay to in, in order to get access to this sort of pool of, pool of secondary tokens, and there's, there's use cases for it. You know what I mean? So our secondary token is Lava. The Lava powers our blockchain, so there'll always be a use case for our play-to-earn token. So um, the value of it will ideally always be steady. Uh, there's no value or utility for this token, then it, it's going to, you know, there'll be no demand for it. So 
Yeah, making it a circular economy, giving uh, incentives for people to reinvest the money they earn in the games, um, adding caps of like you have to play for a certain amount of time before you can earn money. Um, there are ways to kind of minimize um, the negatives of play to earn. But yeah, getting the mix right is important. I think that was a key focus for us. We've been following the gaming and metaverse space for a while. And I think we we had concerns um, on, on the play to earn model. So it's good to see you and and to be fair, others are are evolving as well um, beyond beyond that space. And I think at a macro level, that's why we're so excited about blockchain gaming is to your point, gaming industry is huge, both as measured by revenues, but also users. And so if we as an industry in the, the Web3 and blockchain space can get gaming right, it should be the next wave to onboard millions and millions of users into, into the Web3 space. Uh, and I think we're all very excited about that. Um, yeah. We have a couple of minutes left here. <clears throat> I want to spend a little more time on, on Metascapes, which is obviously a very exciting project. Um, when can we expect more information on that? And and I don't I, I know you've discussed this point in the past. I don't know if we touched on it on this talk, but you really view it as a metaverse as a service, right? As opposed yes. to your own your own metaverse that others can come play in. So talk a little bit about that and any timeline for Metascapes. Yeah, uh, that's a good description of it. Yeah, metaverse as a service or mass, I suppose we can call it. Yeah, um, it, seeing we've got the technology here, we, we've built it with Vulcanverse and we, and we outsource our services to other metaverses. I won't name names, but there, there are companies out there which have got a metaverse and we made it for them um, under an NDA and um, you know they pay us money, we make it for them. So we've got the technology down. So opening that up to anyone to use to sort of make their own map, their own plots, their own assets and sort of yeah, do what they want with it. Uh, I think this is going to be the real test to see, okay, is blockchain and creativity and gaming really going to really gonna live up to the hype um, or the potential it can have? Um, so yeah, Metaverse as a Service is where we're coming with. And we are launching at Jitex in Dubai um, on the October the 12th. Um, October, yeah, that's next month. We'll be um, showing the first sort of peaks of it, the trailers and um, what you can do. And um, people can start playing around with it in alpha, um, in December, latest. Very exciting. I, I think we've seen a couple of the early trailers and uh, so far the, the graphics and the images look, look incredible. Um, let's just talk about, finish up the, the bear market that we're in. Obviously, I, I, I want to interrupt for a second, okay? Because I need Vulcan versus swag, okay? And so depending on like, you know, I need medium for t-shirts and, you know, shirts like this, but I need like, Medium for sweatshirts, possible got large. Loads. I have to see it. We've got yeah. loads. Right, got anything you want. T-shirts, caps. We've got, yeah, we got a bunch. Yeah, I, need, I need some stuff, right? So this way I, I can po pony around town with my Vulcan for stuff. People are like, what the hell is he doing now? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, mean anyway, I don't mean to interrupt. but I mean, the Vulcan Forge logo. I mean, come on, man. I need, I need some of that stuff. Okay. As, right. as we started to learn at, at Salt and elsewhere, Anthony is slowly starting to ditch the suit and embrace embrace the crypto uniform <laughs> All right, yeah. um, as made fashionable by SBF. Dude, you're going to make, I, let, let me tell you something. I am sending some Vulcan Forge swag to Sam Bankman Freed. Okay. All it's right. Late. All right. All right. So that, you know, let's go with medium. Okay. And we'll send him a batch of stuff. All right. Get him, All right. Get him to wear some of that stuff for you. I'll get it sent ahead, over. I'm sorry, but I, you know, I mean, look, what you what you need to know is that you're now part of the Skybridge ecosystem and we're part of the FTX ecosystem. 
Uh, you're going to be with us in Singapore. You're going to be with us at Crypto Bahamas. Uh, and we are going to be introducing you to a whole waterfront of people to help you grow your community, to get people to understand the quality person that you are, but also the, the great technology that you're working with. Um, my friend Amy Wu, that's running FTX Ventures, uh, when I told her about this, she not only said congratulations, but she was like, this is super hot space right now. Uh, and so you're you're the right guy at the right time in the right space. And we're thrilled to be a part of it with you. But I, oh, I'm interrupting I'm interrupting because I'm really want apparel. You, you, mm-hmm. you follow what I'm saying? And, and by the way, as you guys know, sweatshirts are a lot cheaper than Brioni. Uh, what else you want to say, Jace? It's hard to follow that. Um, I think it's a, a a good place to end. So I'll just tie that into what my question was. We're in a bear market now, but in in many ways, that's a good thing as you're looking to really focus on building the business, restructure the operation, come out with new products. So um, just talk about that um, and and where you think this this exciting project is headed in the next you know one, two, three years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I say, the bear market, I mean, it, it has been good for, I mean, okay, we know the community sentiments up and down, but we're lucky to have a community that, you know, they care about the games, you know, yet obviously we have some channels, they look at the price and all that kind of stuff. But for us, it's been a chance to kind of keep our heads down and, and really, really work. I mean, in the bull market, everyone's expecting everything now, the next day, a new announcement, new announcement. Uh, and I think we, uh, last year in the, in the bull market there, that, that, that was one of the main reasons we rushed some things because people wanted a new release here, wanted a new release here. Here, everyone's just like, okay, nothing we can do about the market. You know, and a lot of companies keep their head down and do nothing, but we, we've kept our head down and we've done nothing but expand and build. So when the bull market does come back around, we're incredibly positioned at the forefront of it all. I mean, I know a lot of Metaverse projects that were, double triple our market cap last year and they they're dead now they've they've gone they they've, they've tucked tail and run not a true warrior spartan i should say well i think i think that is some great messaging there and i and i and i would tell you this from my life experience this is my ninth bear market they absolutely suck i mean who's kidding who uh, but just grinding through them and getting to the other side uh you'll learn so much about yourself and so much about your business and you got to you got to stay resilient. These are all the qualities that we we love in you, which is why we wanted to make this investment. But but my my message to you and the Vulcan Forge community, though, is that we are now in it together, uh, and we're going to be working alongside of you to help you find some of the best programmers, uh, the best marketing people. Um, we're going to help you in your foray here into North America, into the U.S. market as well as Canada, uh, and we're just super excited to be with you. Right. Music's my ears. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. People can already see that you guys are not only invested financially, but, you know, emotionally. I appreciate the tweets, the support, the coverage. It really is good. All right. Now, I put, a, I put out a picture of us on Twitter, which was very flattering to me. But the <laughs> two of you look like dog shit in the picture. Okay. I just want to make sure you know that. So I'm expecting you, Jamie, to retweet it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I just said, yeah, I think your eyes are closed and Zins looked like he just rolled out of bed, but I'm smiling. So, you couldn't have taken a yes. few more and, and no, give us. A I just said, right, let me let me take one more. We'll fire out one more. Okay, let's get. Oh a good no, I see it. Before we before we end this podcast, here we go. As long as you look good. All right, that's the see see. He's really uh, playing. He's really playing for the bonus money right now, James. All right, all right. Well, congratulations on everything you're doing. 
Uh, we'll be back in touch. We'd like to do this with you on a quarterly basis, if you're cool with that. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in Singapore, uh, where we've got a, a huge delegation coming with us at the Marina Bay Sands Hotel, uh, November 14th to the 16th. And so uh, you can, you can sign up for that. You can sign up for that at salt.org. Just mm-hmm. look for the registration there if anybody has an interest in doing that. Uh, and Jamie Thompson, the CEO and founder of Vulcan Forge, thank you. And Jason Zins, who's sitting in my office, expecting someday to take over that office. And frankly, you deserve to, Jason. So I'm looking forward to that day as well. Thanks, Anything Anthony. else you guys want to say? Thanks, everyone, for joining. Appreciate you. Thanks very much, guys. God bless.